ranking all of the popes from Peter to Francis. And this is episode 116, Pope Romanus. Uh, like, he lives in Rome. <laughs> he d- <laughs> yes, <laughs> he does. He does live in Rome. And it has been a while since we've seen a name like this, especially a name that hasn't been used many times before. That is such a classic Roman name, <laughs> Romanus. <laughs> Roman man. <laughs> I'm a Roman man. I can do what I want. (laughs) My name is Roman man. (laughs) Well, he is. He is a Roman man. Are you ready to hear about this Roman man? Yeah. (laughs) So over the last few episodes that we've done, our information has really started to dry up, right? Even when major events occur, like the Cadaver Synod in our last episode... (laughs) Finding actual primary sources is a real challenge. And this is going to continue to be a theme for a while. You know, we're going to have this shrouding of medievality. And this is especially true of Pope Romanus. Even the more contemporary sources for him have very little to say. So I wouldn't even say strap in for this one, because it's not going to be... A long episode. Thank God, because I am ill. (laughs) You are ill. (laughs) Again. Fry. (laughs) Look, I don't know what's going on here, but everybody's got everything. People are getting RSV. That's what's going around. Yeah, it is. And an RSV plus flu is going around. So, Mm -hmm. And you also live in a home with three children, so Uh, we'll have to give you some credit. (laughs) Three whole children. So, Romanus. Romanus was born in Galese, in Viterbo, so not exactly a Roman man at the beginning, near Civita Castellana, and his father's name was Constantine. Now, we've recently had another pope from Galese, which you will not remember because it was so long ago, but it was Pope Marinus, which has led to some speculation that Romanus might have been Marinus's nephew. But none of my reliable papal genealogical sources have anything to say to indicate that this is true. Because everybody who lives in the same place is obviously related. That's how that works, right? Exactly. You know, it's not like <laughs> it's not like the Terrible is a big region or anything that will later become prominent for papal history in general. But no, they must be related. It's like when you tell an old person you're from somewhere and they go, oh, do you know this person? And it's like, (laughs) no, why would I? No. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I have a cousin in Toronto. Have you ever visited them? (laughs) No, that's halfway across the country. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Now, we don't know anything about his church career until he was made a cardinal priest of San Pietro in Vincoli, which means St. Peter in Chains in 867 by Pope Nicholas I. So he held this position for about 30 years before he was elected to succeed Stephen VI in August of 897. What a thing to follow up. I know. (laughs) Well, that's kind of the thing, right? Because as Pope, it becomes evident that Romanus was of the same faction that Formosus had been or at very least was sympathetic to Formosus after (laughs) 
the cadaver synod debacle. Oh. And yeah. So he he's definitely not a Stephen the Sixth guy. And this may have been why he was elected, like if he was an Arnulf slash Formosus supporter. But even then, we can't be sure. But we do know that he was at least sympathetic because what came of this is that Romanus's first act as pope was to annul all of the acts and decrees that had been made by his predecessor, right? All of the cadaver synod, which we might praise him for, but later source Bartolomeo Platina criticizes Romanus pretty harshly for this pointing out that, like we said last week, undoing the work of the previous pope is now going to be a thing. A thing that he hates. So he says, quote, As soon as he was got into the pontificate, disavowed and rescinded all the acts and decrees of Stephen. And indeed, these popelings studied nothing else but to extinguish the memory and honor of their predecessors than which nothing is more mischievous or a certain sign of a narrow soul. For they trust to such tricks as these are only such as, wanting all manner of virtue, endeavor to rob the well-deserving of that fame which they themselves can never attain to. Indeed, you shall never find any man envying the good name of another, but one that, being obnoxious to all matter of reproach, is hopeless of rendering his own name honorable to posterity. Such men as these maliciously, falsely, and craftily backbite, slander, and find fault with those that have deserved well of mankind, like useless and cowardly dogs that dare not seize a wild beast. Oh, dogs again. Yeah, back to, at least they're not eating their vomit this time. (laughs) (laughs) Like useless and cowardly dogs that dare not seize a wild beast, but will venture to snap at them when they are fast chained. These are just loud dogs, I guess. He's like, he's, he's just, he has some feelings about the trend of the papacy here. And, and is very, very upset that apparently undoing and besmirching the name of previous popes is a cowardly, malicious, false crafty, slanderous thing to do. It is a little bit like, uh, I don't know. You're supposed to be God's mouth or whatever. Yeah, it's not great for the later concept of papal infallibility. It's not great for papatum infallium. But look, if you came after Stephen and the chaos that he brought and the way that his papacy ended, wouldn't you kind of want to rectify that ship? Yeah. 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 And yell about how stupid it is? Sure. (laughs) I mean, if he didn't, we would be condemning him for allowing this legacy to be entrenched, right? So. Yeah. So he's just like, this this is dumb, you guys. Yeah. And so we're looking at Romanus going, this is a good thing. Platina is looking at Romanus and going, how dare he, that useless and cowardly dog. The only other thing he has to say about Romanus at all was that he was elected in the ordinary way. So there's that. (laughs) All right. Well, Platina. (laughs) Yeah, Bartolomeo Platina. He gets salty sometimes and he really, really, really doesn't like this period of history. (laughs) But anyways, the next thing that Romanus did was to grant the pallium to the abbot of Farfa, Vitalis, 
and promote him to be the new Archbishop of Grado. He also confirmed new bishops in Spain at Elna and Girona. Now, unfortunately, this is all he had time for because Romanus was then deposed in November oh. of 897. Are we allowed to do that? We, we don't know, really. This is, this is the <laughs> problem. After four months of becoming Pope, he's just suddenly deposed. We don't actually even know who brought about the deposition. We don't know if this was like a coup. Who fired the Pope? <laughs> oh, but they did. But who fired the Pope is the question. Plotina doesn't tell us. No, because useless and cowardly dogs. How dare. <laughs> I don't care about them. Exactly. So this could have been the Spoladen coup of the nobles, right? The ones who had been on Stephen's side. Or it could have been Arnulf's supporters who wanted a more fervent factionalist to go further than Romanus did. He wasn't even assassinated. He, they just were like, nah, yeah. you're fired. Yeah, no, they, they just straight up removed him and, quote, made him a monk. So technically that man is still Pope. <laughs> well, I mean, he's dead now. <laughs> is that still Pope? He was still Pope for a chunk of time there. Yeah. All these other guys for a bit are going to be anti-Popes. Well, not for long, because he he dies four months after he was deposed. So for four months, there was a bit of an anti-Pope situation. Okay, so four months. There's an overlap. Yeah. But he definitely, he got monked. Remember, monking has become common practice. <laughs> Monk. Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, this was happening everywhere. Remember, they were monking even secular leaders at the time, like leading figures in Constantinople. Yeah, everybody was turning into monks. Yeah. yeah. So we don't actually even know if he was literally monked or if they're using this as a euphemism. If we had a YouTube channel, it would be like monked, but with like the apostrophe D and it'd be like a stamp that shows up. Oh my God. Yeah, like some kind of papal prank show. <laughs> Do we have a new Patreon series? <laughs> monked. We have to use that for something. Listeners, let us know what's monked. What sort of shenanigans should we get up to? But yes, so, four months as Pope, then deposed, monked by someone. We don't know who. And then four months after that, he dies. Wendy J. Reardon suggests that he might have been poisoned for being an advocate of Formosus and... For being like, hey, I'm the Pope. <laughs> hey, I, I am the Pope. I'm going to undo this craziness we've all just dealt with. Um, and then someone poisons him. This is possible, but it's weird, right? Because he'd already been deposed and didn't really present any sort of threat. But... Let's not forget that after Stephen was deposed for the Cadaver Synod, he was indeed murdered after his deposition. So, there's that. You gotta add in that murder. Yeah. Yeah, it, that becomes, again, another interesting trend of this time period. It's because being a pope is for life. <laughs> yeah, because if he's sitting there, I guess, being monked and going, hey, I'm still pope. <laughs> You're right. He's like, I don't, I shouldn't have to dig up these potatoes. I'm the Pope. <laughs> what does he have against the potatoes? Nothing. He just shouldn't have to do it. <laughs> Gardening is probably more peaceful than being Pope. I, I would take the potatoes. <laughs> so anyways, 
He was buried at St. Peter's despite his deposition, and his tomb was, of course, destroyed for new St. Peter's. Every time. When does this start? Well, stop, I guess. <laughs> when they build new St. Peter's. when new St. Peter's exists. <laughs> yeah, so it'll stop when they actually build new St. Peter's in the 1500s. It doesn't get finished until the 1600s. So when we get to Pope Nicholas V, it's a long time. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have a lot more of these destroyed tombs. Is it Nicholas V who did that? Because, like, he's going to get docked lots of points. Well, to be fair, he he planned the Basilica. The actual construction and destruction of Old St. Peter's happened later under other popes. So we'll have to dock them points for destroying all yeah, the tombs. Because, like, just, I don't know. Be nice to tombs. Yeah, it's super absurd that they're destroying what they consider this apostolic succession of Peter, but here we are. Well, also considering, like, cemeteries are sacred and blah, blah, blah. Exactly! And just like, what are you doing? Aren't you Catholic? And it's not that hard to move them because they're actually, like, they're, they're in, like, niches and such in the wall and in the floor. Like, take that stuff up before you send in the demolition crew. No. They had none of that, so... Maybe they just thought the demo crew would deal with the bones, but then found out later that they did not. I mean, we had all of these translations of saints' relics. You'd think it would be pretty cool to have the remains of the old popes. Mm-hmm. They just missed so many opportunities here. But yes, that is Romanus. That is all he had time for. So, let's rate him. Oh, boy. Papatum infallium. So although we have almost nothing about him, a contemporary historian of the time, Floatered, said that he was deserved of the recognition he obtained as Pope. Did you say that man's name was Floater? Floater. <laughs> Floatered. We're going to be dealing with Floatered a lot. God. I think we've already dealt with Floatered. Probably. It's, if it makes you feel better, it's spelt Flodoard. Uh, Floated. <laughs> it doesn't. But I could say <laughs> Flodoard for you. <laughs> no, that's terrible. But yes, he was deserved of the recognition he obtained as Pope. Whatever that means in the four months he was before he was. That's some sort of passive aggressive thing. <laughs> I mean, if it came from Platina or someone like him, I would say yes. But Floated tends to be quite gentle about the popes. So I don't think so. Uh-huh. What we can actually credit him for, he annulled the acts of Stephen, which for us is a good thing. But as we see from Platina, this trend of undoing the acts of previous popes is definitely going to have an impact on the papacy. It's going to shake its legacy, its prestige. But you got to undo that one. That one was dumb. Oh, they do. Yeah. They're gonna, because it starts with Stephen, right? He undoes everything Formosus does, then Romanus undoes everything Stephen does, and this will go back and forth for a really long time. We're gonna be talking about this for many episodes. It's the new Easter? Yeah, essentially. Like, they're gonna just keep, it really matters for the next many popes whose side they were on, Formosus or Stephen's, long after they're all dead, (laughs) so. All right. So do we see it as a good thing, or do we? You know what? I think I'm going to middle of the road give him like a five. Okay. Like, it needed to happen, but then other people were like, oh, but I can undo too. 
Yeah, exactly. It's hard to criticize Romanus for that when Steven started it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that that's fair because if I were him, actually, here's an interesting parallel (laughs) for anybody who knows me. I'm a diehard Disney fan. And I've been very upset at Disney for the last two years because of everything that Bob Chapek has done. And they announced last week that Bob Iger is coming back. And so now everyone's sitting there going, oh my God, Bob Iger is going to undo everything that Bob Chapek did. And I'm very excited about that. So if I was Romanus or a a citizen at the time that Romanus was Pope, I'd be like, oh my God, he's going to undo everything Stephen did. And I'd be very pleased. Right. So yeah. I'm going to give him that five because I think he absolutely had to do that. So I don't think he gets any points for confirming some Spanish bishops or elevating the abbot of Farfa to be the archbishopric. Everybody does that. Yeah. That's just your day job. It's not special. So he's going to end up with a five from both of us, giving him a 10 in Papatum and Valium, which is 10 more points than Stephen received. Amazing. Fructus prohibitum? Nothing. No. Got nothing. (laughs) He got deposed and sent to a monastery. And maybe if we knew officially why he'd been deposed, we could be like, ah, yes, scandal point. But we have no idea who even deposed him. So it's nothing. (laughs) No one wrote that down. Yeah. Seculari impactum. Nothing. (laughs) I mean, again, he had four months. But the lay people were probably like, oh, he's undoing everything Stephen did. Yeah, they might have been excited. But there's, unfortunately... Give him a point for excitement. Yes, but unfortunately, I have to counter that with the fact that one of the theories about why he was deposed is maybe it was a, was like a popular uprising of the people. Maybe. Mm. So they might have been excited or they might have been mad. We're not sure. So maybe that point is counteracted. A shame. Do you want to give him a point still? No. Okay. So he gets a zero. (laughs) Fossium Sanctus. Now, this, this might be his round. I think he might actually get some points here because this is his official portrait. (laughs) Oh. My hair does that. (laughs) I don't have a tonsure, but that's what my hair does. It is very wingy. Mm -hmm. We also need to comment on the fact that this is a very young man. Like, compared to to our other popes, this is, like, he has a full brunette. (laughs) He's like a 30-year-old man. Yeah. He's got a, a robust brunette beard, wingy, fluffy brunette hair. I see why they were like, oh, he got poisoned because he's a baby. Yeah. If he's this young and robust, I mean, the likelihood is not old age. Mm-hmm. I also love his expression. He looks, it's the you what meme. Yeah. The what? <laughs> you what? It's, it's, it's a very, he looks very shocked, like he's going to double blink at you, so... I don't know. I really like it. I think it's a fun papal portrait. Look at how strong his nose is. You do love a good strong nose. And he does have my favorite feature, good eyebrow. <laughs> He's got both of those. He's going to do well. 
what would you like to give him? Um, I'll give him like a nine. Ooh. <laughs> Is this our new hot pope? <laughs> uh, it might be. If he didn't have that tonsure, he'd be doing okay for himself. It's it's true, and you can tell by his hairline that if he didn't deliberately shave his head like that, he would have quite a head of hair. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give him an 8, which will give him overall a 4.25. And now I have to go compare that to our other hot pope, Pope Caius. Where are you, Pope Caius? Oh, he? He has scored higher than our hot pope. Oh, hmm. He's the new, the new one. <laughs> well, I think the highest, our highest score for appearance on Pope is actually Honorius. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's because we love Honorius. But let's compare Romanus and Caius, our other hot Pope, and you can tell mm-hmm. me who you think is the dishiest. Oh, but they're they're different. One is swarthy, and one is not. It's true. And and Caius, I have to say, has even slightly better eyebrows, even though <laughs> one is sort of effaced and gone. You could tell it was a good eyebrow. So who's the hotter pope? I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's a draw? Yeah. I gotta give the slight edge to Caius because I don't really love a beard and his beard is a little smaller. But listeners can let us know who's the hottest pope. Amazing. Tempus Pontificus. August 897 to November 897. Four months, as we said, a quarter of a year, a score of 0.0625. All right, everybody, it's the canon bonus round. Nope, not a saint. So that brings us to his total score, which, considering he was only Pope for four months, is an impressive 14.3125. All right. You know what? That he, For four months, that's not bad. That's really not bad. We've had Popes that were like Pope for eight years who were like at 12. Exactly. He's in 83rd place, which is not bad. Uh, Steven... Above him got 21 points, and almost all of those were Fructus Prohibitum. So that's fairly impressive. Yeah. But now I must ask you an important question, Fry. Of whether he's papally enough, pizzazzy enough, or in this case, hot enough <laughs> for a papal bull? No. No, definitely not. I mean, I'm impressed with him for undoing Stephen. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Romanus. You just don't have it in you. So that brings us to the end of our episode today. But we have some thank yous to make as always. So first, we shall absolve our patrons of their temporal punishments. So thank you to Robert Ricci, Naomi Kanakia, William Holleran, Leslie Mitchell, and Tim Campbell. Ego te absolvo. And thank you to all of the people who have continued to sign up to Patreon while we've been on hiatus. You are lovely and wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I guess if they need more content, that's where they find it. So with that, we can say thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.
Pontifax is edited by Greg Gassman. You can find his show, Popular History, on all major podcatching platforms. And keep an eye out for his new show, Arexipod Ranking Cardinals, Cardinal Numbers. You can also reach Greg at popularhistory at gmail.com. Get it? It's popular, but with an E, for the Popes. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at pontifaxpod at gmail.com. And we're pontifaxpod on all social media platforms. If you'd like to support the show, consider subscribing to Pontifax on Patreon. Checking out our research wishlist at tinyurl.com slash pontifaxwishlist or making a one-time donation at paypal.me slash pontifaxpodcast. If you'd like to support us in other ways, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes makes a world of difference. Oh.